0: Hello, and thank you for listening to this message from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this message, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or a friend. Also visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God.
1: The Bible teaches us that our God inhabits the praises of his children. Is it any wonder that we can feel his presence in this house today? God is here. Build a house of praise and he will inhabit it. And that's what the Lord's doing. And I don't know about you, Beth. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Man, man, that messes me up. Uh, I'm just telling you, because you see, you don't know what I know. You don't know what a wretch I've been at times in my life. You don't know the times I've failed, missed the mark, fallen short. And when I think about he loves me, oh, I tell you, that, that messes me up. And, uh, but I am glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Good to see all of you. You look mighty pretty today, most of you anyway. (laughs) I want to talk to you again this morning about generous givers giving, generous givers giving. That's the title of the message this morning. It's just 3G, that's easy to remember, Christ-centered 3G living. Now I know, you don't have to tell me that the title is somewhat redundant, but that's exactly what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that we, as born again, redeemed children of God, that we are to possess a supernatural generosity that turns us into givers who are constantly... Involved in Christ centered giving. You got that? Maybe I need to say that one more time. You, a born again believer, me, born again children of God, are to possess a supernatural. Now, the reason I'm saying supernatural is because that's what it is. It's not natural to love and to give like the Bible teaches us to give that we're to possess a supernatural generosity that turns us into givers who are constantly involved in Christ-centered giving. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And, and, And I tell you, I'm excited to be on this subject. Supernatural, radical, biblical generosity. Now, if you think that's an exaggeration then fasten your seatbelts. Romans twelve twenty says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. I didn't hear one amen in the house. <laughs> so let's just stop right now and have a little testimonial service. And I want everybody who has recently in the last five or six months, you've taken food to your enemy's house. This is radical stuff, is it not? Th- this is amazing. How about this one? Uh, by the way, uh, Romans twelve twenty. 20. Uh, this is Luke three eleven. If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. Now, if you don't have two shirts, we're going to take up a collection for you today. <laughs> but I, I mean, this is, we read over this stuff. We ignore it. We cruise right on past it. But it's in the word. If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. You say, well, what does that mean? That means if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. (laughs) Luke 6, 29. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Guy rushes up to you on the street, has a knife in his hand and he pulls out his, his knife and he says, give me your wallet. And you, you give him your wallet and he starts to leave and you say, hold on just a moment. Do you have a cell phone? Cause you might need a cell phone. So, so let me give you my cell phone too. Let me tell you, is this crazy stuff or what? Really? Really? Luke 6.30, when things are taken from you, don't try to get them back. Have you ever had anything stolen from you? Many of you have. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds weird. I know it's contrary to human nature. And that's the reason I used the word supernatural a while ago. But don't try to take it back. Don't file charges. I didn't write this stuff. I'm sorry, I didn't write it. And and can I be honest with you? I don't even like some of this stuff. But I don't get to choose and neither do you. This is the word of the living God. And if we want our lives transformed, if we want our church transformed, if we want to transform the society and impact the world around us like never before somewhere down the line, we have to go back to the Word of God, get plugged into what God says, quit arguing with it, quit trying to explain it away, and start doing what God's Word says do. (laughs) Who does this kind of stuff? I I tell you, I, I believe, I have reason to believe that we're going to be a people who are actually out there doing this kind of stuff. And I'll tell you why. Because when my wife and I were driving all over the state of California a few weeks ago, I had this strange sensation, this strange feeling, like never before, that God wanted me to come home and lead this church into a ministry of generosity, sharing, and giving. Now, I said this last week, I'll say it again. Now, I'm not talking about tithing. I'm talking about something other than tithing. Tithing is when you give 10% of your income to the church. That's what the Bible says. And God blesses tithers. The Bible says he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. I've never been in a church that had so many tithers as this church has. God bless you. We all quote Brother Derek Gray. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't quit tithing. But this is talking about the 90% that God leaves you. Uh, This is about every area and every facet of your life becoming a generous person. Now, why is this even worthy of our attention? Why would we even spend our time talking about money from the pulpit? And... And that is—that's a good question. There are a lot of things that are important. Salvation's important, right? Leading people to Christ is important, right? Worshiping the Lord, like we were doing a moment ago, that's important. Uh, studying the Word of God, getting into theology and doctrine—that's important. So why is it that money and the way you handle your money is important enough? that it would be even worthy of our attention on Sunday morning repeatedly? Here's the answer. Luke 16, 11. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? That's pretty clear, isn't it? Who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? You see, money is an indicator of faithfulness. Money is a test, if you please. I know you remember uh, back during the winter, I gave a testimony then that my wife and I were in Tallahassee, walked out of a store, and it was cold and raining. And I noticed this man, and he was digging around in a trash can. And he had some real thin pajamas on, had a shirt on. He had flip-flops on. My heart just went out to him. I knew he was cold. I knew he was freezing. And, and even though I don't always do this, I try to move it, the impulse of the Holy Spirit. I, I reached in my pocket, pulled out some money. My wife and I walked up to him and I held it out and I said, here, I want to give you some money. And he looked at me. And he said, no thanks. And I said, excuse me? I I said, here, here, I want to give you some money, really. Uh, This is on my heart. I want to give this to you. And he looked at me, and with this calm look, he said, no thanks. I said, okay, and I walked away. Now, before I finish this, I want to tell you, the Bible says, be careful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware If you don't believe angels walk among us, friends, you don't believe God's word. And when I walked away, my wife looked at me and she said, what was that all about? And the words came out of my mouth. And I honestly believe the words that came out of my mouth were for me. And I believe it was for this church because the Lord knew I'd come back and tell you about it. That was a test. That was a test. The way you handle your money is a test that will determine whether you can handle true spiritual riches that's what the word of god says now last week we did something that was a little off the charts even for river of life we we do some weird things around here but last week we gave we put $1,600 into the hands of 30 church members. or i Well, there were a few visitors that participated. But we put $1,600 in the hands of 30 people to give away. Ten individuals came to the stage and stood here. We gave each one of them $100 and said, we want you to give this away. This money belongs to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit where it goes and give it. Uh, Brother Blackie gave uh, uh, 10 Youth in our church, $50 apiece, and told them to give it away. Lori in Children's Church gave 10 children $10 and told them to give it away. We just just wanted to stir things up. We just wanted to kickstart this thing. And I got to tell you, I'm already getting all kinds of feedback on on this uh, ministry, if you please. And so, uh, but something unexpected happened last week and it was a person, and that is uh, Susie Darlin came. This is Miss Shirley's sister. She came up. She was visiting from Texas. I gave her a $100 bill. She went back to her seat. When we gave the invitation, Susie came forward, and Susie said that uh, she was suffering from depression and anxiety. Now, I had said in the message, if you listened to last week's message, that some scientific uh, surveys... We're showing that one of the ways to battle depression and anxiety, those two very words, was to start giving, giving. Give things away. Give money away. Get invested in other people. <clears throat> so what I did is I made the statement. I said, some of you put some money in her hands. And let's, let's check this thing out and let her start giving. And I didn't know you were going to do it before the invitation was over, but people just started coming down the aisle. And we gave her altogether $800. And so... (laughs) Miss Shirley, had she ever been in this church before? That was her first time. You know, if I went to a church and they gave me $800... I'm serious. I'd move. I'd, I'd call somebody and say, ship my furniture. I'm staying. <laughs> this, this is where I'm going to be. Anyway, she sent me a text. I want to read this to you. This is Susie Darling. Just wanted you to know I received $702 from the church donations plus the $100 you gave me. Of course, I didn't give it to her. It was the Lord's money. God is leading me to donate the money in Jesus' name to the food bank in Fort Worth, Texas. By the way, she gives me the address and the phone number just so I can check on her. (laughs) And and then she says, and she's going to give some of it to the Union Gospel Missions Women's Ministry. That's a mouthful. Uh, She said through their church at Capstone Church, uh, uh, Benbrook, Texas. And then listen to this. By the way, as I'm reading this, and, and I know you lose emotions and feelings when you read a text, but something about this text uh, just said this woman's excited. And, and, and this, is, this is what she said. She said, thanks so much for the kindness and love I was shown on 4th of July Sunday. I look forward to coming back to visit in early October. And just so you know, I'm going to keep the poor box going too. We started a poor box, an individual, yes. We started an individual poor box ministry. We've done it in the church for years, but I ask you, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but I ask you to get your own poor box. And, And so... I had no idea it was going to spread to Texas this fast. But, but praise the Lord. We have a worldwide ministry here. Uh, <laughs> we paid the rent for two families in this church last Sunday morning. Uh, some of you... Maybe if you were on stage, you didn't have to be on stage. Uh, Brother Charles, you come on. Uh, uh, I want to give you an opportunity. If you'd like to give a testimony, don't hesitate. Just come on up here and you can, you can wait. I need a mic. This was kind of confirmation. Now, when Brother Charles is through, if you don't come up, you can't give your testimony. So if you want to give your testimony, you better come on up now. Uh-huh. There we go. This is confirmation about the ministry.
2: Have you ever been in a situation when the Lord calls you to do something and you go, why am I doing this? And then you say, well, the Lord told me to do it, so I guess I should do it, right? So about mid-June, a little earlier than that maybe, my wife and I were cleaning out some stuff and we came upon this big old glass jar. And she said, what do you think we should do with this? And instantly I got this word from the Lord that said, put at least a dollar a day in that jar. Now, I don't normally carry cash. So this means I have to go get cash to put in the jar. It's not like I have extra money. Just go, oh, okay, end of the day. So I'm saying, okay. So we start doing that every day. And I started inquiring, well, what, what's this for? You know, why are we doing this? We don't need to do this. You know, it's not a Christmas fund. It's not this. It's not that. Why am I doing this? And the Lord said to me, you'll see. I said, okay. So we kept putting the dollar in the jar. And then, of course, 4th of July, the pastor delivers a message that part of the message says you should get a box or a jar be a 3g and put it in there and when you feel that someone needs that money or that you need to give it away to someone for some reason as the lord leads you to do that so that's what we've been doing and so as pastor henry said i think that's confirmation that he spoke to us and told us to start doing this which we'd never done anything like this before back before the message and then he said wait and i will tell you and when i tell you Go forth and do what I tell you to do. So we're still waiting for the word about how we should handle the money. But in the meantime, we're blessed every day. We put that in there to remember that we're going to be uh, giving generously to those who need it, that he's provided a way. And I thank God that he let us sort of be the forerunners there. And then we got confirmation. One of the important things to remember about this is when the Lord calls you to do something and you don't understand why you should do it, it's not all about you. Okay? It might be about the River of Life congregation. It might be about somebody in the community, or it might just be the fact that he wants to see if you're going to meet the test and pass it. Amen.
1: Amen. Boy, that was so confirming to me because I I tell you, God has a way of testifying. God testifies. Uh, God will speak to your heart and then he'll confirm it through somebody else. All right. Five seconds. All right. Now, I'm going to do this a couple of Sundays where I give you an opportunity to come forward. And then if you don't come forward, then I'm going to come out in the congregation and get you. <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And you say, well, pastor, I don't want to brag about myself. This is not about bragging about yourself. And I know what the scripture teaches. And we don't give to be recognized by people. But I want to tell you, this is your family. And we can encourage one another to do what God's word says. And and, and when, I, uh, when I hear Brother Charles McCool say that, that encourages me. And, and some of you have, have called me and give me, given me... Uh, Testimonies over the phone. So anyway, I want us to do that so we can encourage one another. Uh, Listen to this scripture, Matthew 25, 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a, say it, little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, those are the words of Jesus. He was he was teaching something, driving a point home that faithfulness in little matters matter. And, and, and when, I, when I read this verse... I thought to myself, this tells me I need to pay attention to the little things. I I borrowed a magnifying glass. Listen, friends, when we read the word, we should be examining, not just so we can see the words, but we can look deep into the scriptures and we don't miss anything. And I got to tell you, the little things matter. What God's word says matters. and, And I'm coming to believe that this is one of those areas where if we'll get involved in this, it'll make all the difference in the world. I, well, here, I'm going to show you a picture. This is a picture. Here we go. Pool box. Jar. That's mine. I took a picture of mine. Now, I've, I've had some pictures sent to me. I sold uh, uh, kind of a, a plastic butter container, that was a good idea. Somebody took a a milk jug and they used that one, but this is mine, so it's my poor jar. Now, let me tell you, the thing about this that I want you to notice is this, and that is that I put this on the counter where I get dressed every morning and where I get ready for bed every evening. At least twice a day, sometimes more than that, I see it. And I got to tell you, in the last week, I have been more uh, concerned, more focused about the poor than ever before. It's not just a once a week thing where I come to church and there's a poor box here. But where I'm looking at, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, consider the poor. God will bless those who consider the poor. You care about people who have less than you have. And, and I'm encouraging you, it's a little thing. I understand it's a little thing, but I'm asking you to do that. By the way, if you have made your own poor box, I want you to raise your hand, hold them up. Thank you, you all you folks held your hand up, you're going to heaven. Okay, it's not too late, we're just getting started. Make your own poor box, do it at home, pray by it. Now, I know that some of you have been doing this for years. You may not have a poor box, but you've set money aside to give to people. And I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just trying to get everybody in the church involved in doing this. By the way, that is my poor jar. That is not my wife's poor jar. She has her own. Now, I'm trying to tell you something here. This is a personal thing. I don't want my wife to steal my blessing and I don't, I don't want to steal her blessing. She's got her own jar. By the way, I didn't get a picture of hers, but her jar is bigger than my jar. (laughs) And, uh, but you, I, I mean, Charles, think about this a dollar a day that can change somebody's Thanksgiving that can change somebody's Christmas, but it's not just about changing somebody's worldly condition. It's about testifying in the name of Jesus. It's about pleasing our heavenly father. It's about being faithful in something little so he'll trust us with something bigger. If I were to ask you today, how many of you would like to flow in one of the gifts of the spirit? How many of you would like to have the gift of faith or have the gift of miracles or the, the gift of healing or the gift of evangelism? I think... I I know this congregation. I know what you would say. You'd say, absolutely. Has it ever crossed your mind... that God wants us to be faithful in little things... before He will trust us... with the big spiritual things? You see, this is about a church... that starts flowing and growing... in the spiritual riches of heaven. Now... I, I was, uh, my jar, all right, it's gone, but that's okay. I, I got to thinking about, okay, not just, it's back. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? I, I got to thinking, it's not just putting money in it, but I come in and I take change out of my pocket. And, and as I was putting some change, you can't see it it's covered up and just getting started. But anyway, I put some change in there and I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, your pocket change can be the answer to somebody else's prayer. And then immediately, the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart to pray a prayer I'd never prayed before. Maybe you have, and I applaud you if you have. But most of my prayers are self-centered about me, about my family, about my children, my grandchildren, my church, uh, about me. I'm usually at the center of my prayers, but the Lord put it on my heart to pray this prayer And the prayer goes like this. Lord, bless me today to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Lord, bless me today to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Repeat it after me. Lord, bless me today to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Oh, friends, you want a ministry? You got it. Get up every morning and pray that prayer and see what happens. You'll you'll have a ministry, an awesome ministry, a wonderful ministry. I'm just saying that if we believe God's word and we do what God's word says, we should expect some things to happen in this church that will be of a godly proportion. All right. Now, I've got a few things I need to share with you. And I've got so much, I can't, I can't give it all to you. But um, God cannot lie, and he always keeps his promises. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? God cannot lie, and he always keeps his promises. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall it be given unto your bosom. The Bible also says, lend and give to the poor, and God will repay. I will repay, saith the Lord. If you sow generously, you'll reap generously. It is more blessed to give than to receive. God cannot lie. He always, always keeps his promises. Sometimes it is immediate. Sometimes you do something and it comes right back at you immediately. We had a situation last Sunday. I won't give names, but there was one person in the church who felt led of the Lord to give, and they gave. And then before the day was out, they received a gift 50 times larger than the gift they gave. I like God's economy. That's good, good math. Now, I want to tell you something. This is important. The person who gave it Gave it because God told them to give it, not because they expected anything in return. If you decide that you want to use God uh, to beef up your account, that's not going to work. You can't manipulate God like that. Gave an amount of money and then received 50 times. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? listen some years ago we were raising some money in the church many of you will remember we were going to buy a car for a missionary and the lord laid it on my heart i i i love i love this immediate stuff when god does it he laid it on my heart to give a thousand dollars and so beth and i talked about it we wrote the checkout we gave it and uh and man it felt good it feels good to give It feels good to give. And we gave the $1,000. And I didn't give it because I was expecting anything in return. I gave it because I'd already received an abundance. God had already given it to me. We had a visitor show up at this church, sat right back there. And after the service, walked up to me and said, God told me to give you something. And they, it had already been written out. And pulled out a check for $1,000 and gave it to me. Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. I, I Man, I gave $1,000. I got $1,000. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I love this. Serving you is like better than life itself. Well, a couple days later, a guy called me and said, my brother passed away, and I knew him from high school days. And he said, we're just going to do a little graveside service. Will you come and say a few words over and read some scripture? I said, absolutely, I will. And so I went, and I did it. And, and then after the service, he said, uh, how much do I owe you? I said, you don't owe me anything. By the way, I've, I've never made charges for funerals or weddings. I always tell people getting married they need it more than I do. And I just don't feel right. This church pays me a good salary. I don't, char- I, I, I don't like ministers charging for anything. Anyway, another sermon. So he said, well, I'm going to pay you something. And I, I said, listen, I'm serious. I do not uh, charge. And he said, well, can I give you something anyway? And I finally said, "Well, if you want to, go ahead." He takes out his checkbook, he writes me a check for a1,000 dollars. And he gave it to me, and I laughed. I laughed because I'd given a thousand, I'd already received a1,000, and now I'm getting another thousand. I laughed. And he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to insult you. Is that not enough?" And that's when I said, "I want to do all of your funerals for you in the future.") You need a preacher. I'm your man. No, I didn't. I thanked him for it. But I got to tell you, God's economy works. It works. And sometimes it is immediate. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it takes years for the promise to be fulfilled. I received devotionals from... Kevin Mullins. These are his words, not mine. But when I read this last week, I thought, man, this is just perfect. Listen to this. Abraham waited 25 years for Isaac. Isaac was promised. you remember? David waited 13 years for the throne after it had been promised to him. Joseph waited 22 years for his dream to come to pass. Joshua waited 40 years to take possession of Canaan. Caleb waited 45 years. This is all in the Bible for his mountain. Most believers today don't have faith to see it through. Sometimes you do it. Sometimes you obey. Sometimes you give. And you don't see anything for years. It may be 25 years later. But you were not giving to receive to start with. You are giving out of obedience. God's timing is always perfect. And when you need it, when it's time, when it's right, God blesses you and sustains you. Now, if you didn't like that one, you sure won't like this one. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's years in the future. And sometimes it's after you die. Here it is. Luke fourteen fourteen, And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. This is giving to the poor. They cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. I got to tell you, friends, you've done some things, you've given, you've shared, you've obeyed, and some of the things you've done, you're never going to see it on this earth. But one of these days, you'll stand before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And he'll say, well done. Well done. And I got to tell you, it's worth it all. I'm just trying to say that we have to be careful about our motives and we have to understand that God's ways are not our ways. And sometimes it's immediate and sometimes it's 25 years later. And sometimes we don't see it at all in this lifetime. But God is an all-wise God, and He knows how to take care of you. Now, I want to call your attention to about three things that you need to know. And I want everybody to listen up because I have been so guilty of what I'm about to share with you. You have to give with the right attitude, and you have to look at the less fortunate with compassion. So here we go. Proverbs 17:5. Whoever mocks the poor insults his maker. Oh, the word mock there means to laugh at, to make fun of, to criticize. The Bible says if you mock the poor, you're insulting his maker. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I don't understand, friends. I don't understand life. I've been around a long time. I still don't get it. I don't know why some people are so blessed. And I don't know why some people are so poor. And I can't figure that out. But I want to tell you, if God has blessed you more than others, and you look down your nose at somebody who has not been blessed as much as you've been blessed, you insult the Lord your God. I, and and I, I've heard it. I've heard it before. I fear I've said things like this before. Well, if they'd just get up and go to work, or, or if they had paid the price, or they had done what they should have done, do you know what you're saying? When you say that, you're saying, I worked, I earned it, I got it by myself. God didn't give it to me. I did it. And if they had done what I'd done, they wouldn't be in that state. I've had to repent right here. You see that guy on the street? Oh, friends, be careful. Don't be judgmental. God's blessed you. Thank him for those blessings. But don't mock the poor. Don't mock the poor. You haven't been where they've been. I, 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 I don't even understand all of this, but I'm just telling you. Be careful. Be careful. Now, the second thing is, don't go too far with your giving. Now, before I read this scripture to you, Paul, you go back and read the whole New Testament. It's about giving, giving, being generous, caring about people, taking up offerings, doing that. And then some of these people heard uh, Paul. They read and they started giving everything away. Don't go too far with your giving. You're going to thank me after I share this one with you. 2 Corinthians 8, 13 through 15. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened. Paul is saying, I never meant for you to give so much that they were at ease and you were burdened. Do you see it? But that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need. If you're rich, and I got to tell you, with all my heart, I believe I'm looking at a rich congregation. The way we live, the creature comforts we have, the money that most of us have, we are rich. But God's word does not teach that you need to go give all that away. I'll show you that in just a second. Don't go too far. Be ready to give when the Holy Spirit tells you to give. And don't just be ready to give. Give what he tells you to give. If if you've got an abundance, God wants to keep you in that place. And by the way, when you really, 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 really start giving, you're probably going to be overwhelmed with the ability to give. Now, for those of us who are rich... By the way, if you're rich, raise your hand. Come on, come on, come on. Bless, uh, praise God. Give God a testimony. You're rich. All right. If you got more than two shirts, raise your hand. Okay. You're rich. All right. <laughs> First Timothy six seventeen through nineteen. It's okay to be rich. For as the rich in this present age, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. Don't let your money make you arrogant, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches. Let me tell you something, it can be taken away from you in a heartbeat. I'm glad we've got wealthy people in this church. Not on uncertain riches, but on God. Who richly provides us with everything to what? It's not wrong to enjoy what you've worked for. It's not wrong to enjoy the blessings that God has poured into your heart and into your life and into your family. That's not wrong. God's given it to you, He wants you to enjoy it. But this is what He says they are to do good, to be rich in good works. To be generous and ready to share, and I love this: the storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Isn't it amazing that the finances and the spirituality issues are, are one and the same? If you're rich today and we are, listen, it's OK. And you can enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But here's what you have to do. You have to do good. You have to be rich in good works. You have to be generous. And ready to share. And ready to give when God tells you to give. And, and, and so the, the idea is that we're to be in a posture of giving. Oh, and I, one, one last thing. And then I'll, I'll wrap this thing up. If somebody tries to give you some money and you don't need it, take it. I tell you what, you could be on food stamps. Do they even have food stamps anymore? You could be on food stamps and you come up and offer me some money, I'll take it. Because sometimes it's not a matter of you needing the money. Sometimes God wants you to be the delivery boy of that money. If you don't need it, take it. Say, Holy Spirit, where do you want me to give this money? Now, the Lord told me that a long time ago. I was, uh, I, I love to tell this story. Uh, a pastor down the road sent me $100. And, and I didn't know then what I know now. And I called him back and I said, uh, I don't need this money. He said, that's okay. The Holy Spirit told me to give it to you. I said, well, you must not have heard from the Holy Spirit. He said, I know I heard from the Holy Spirit. He said, I know his voice. He told me to give it to you. I said, well, I don't need it, and I don't want it, and I don't think I should have it. And he said, well, you can do anything you want to with it, but you can't give it back to me. (laughs) And I said, okay. And uh, shortly after I had that little conversation with him, it was late in the evening. My phone rang. There was a young man on the phone. He was crying. And he... uh, he said, Pastor, I just brought my, my wife home from the hospital and our brand new baby. said, this is our first child. And he said, we got home, and he said, I didn't know it, but while we were at the hospital, they cut our power off. And he said, uh, it's cold, and it was cold. He said, it's cold. We don't have any heat. He said, I don't know where to turn. He said, you're the first one I thought about. He said, uh, can you help me? I said, how much you need? He said, $97. I just smiled. I see the Lord was teaching me something, and I hope I'm teaching you something now. And I smiled. I said, I got it. I said, it, don't worry about it. You just call the power company, and you tell the power company that I'm going to pay that bill. Don't worry about it. Go hook it up. He said, nope, they won't do that. He said, they actually have to have money in hand, or they won't turn it back on. I said, really? I said, well, that's fine. I'll call him. Give me the number. So he gave me the number. I called the power company. I said, listen, and I, I don't even remember his name, but I called his name. They said, yeah, he's trying to get his power back on, but but we can't turn it on till we have the money. I said, well, I'm going to pay it. And they said, well, you have, you have to actually pay it or we can't turn it back on. And I said, well, tell me. I've got the money in cash. Tell me where to go, and I will go and pay it so we can get That man and his wife and that little baby some heat on tonight. And she said, uh, and I told her as a pastor, she said, Pastor Jones, she said, would you hold on just a moment? I told her where I was pastoring. She said, would you hold on just a moment? And I heard her on the radio. And she said, "Uh, what is your location right now? And I heard somebody, I heard the radio said, I'm in front of Spring Creek Baptist Church. She said, turn in the driveway right now. And I am on the phone with her, and I see the power truck coming down my driveway. And I walked outside, and I handed him that $100 bill. I said, go turn that boy's power on. Now I'm going to tell you something, and I never forgot that. Listen, somebody wants to give you some money, you take it. God tells you to give it, you give it. But God wants us to be generous givers who are giving, who are actually doing it. Would you bow with me in prayer? Now, these are little things. But boy, they have wonderful consequences when we obey the word. I'm asking you this morning. If you're a child of God, would you make a commitment to be a giver? Generous givers who are actually giving. Christ-centered 3G living. Just make a commitment. Just become sensitive. I've heard all kinds of stories this past week about people buying grocers and paying for meals uh, of somebody else. I'm just asking you to, to let the Holy Spirit lead you. And see what happens. I'm telling you, there will be spiritual consequences in your life. There, there will be a spiritual explosion in your life if you'll do this. Now, if there's somebody here and you're not sure where you'd spend eternity, would you let us pray with you this morning? Let me tell you something. We could we could give you we could give you money, but what you need, and and we will if you need it. But what you need is salvation. You need the master. You need to invite Jesus into your heart. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to go down front. And then if you, if you need Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me pray with you. And if you want to just make a commitment to say, today, Lord, I'm ready to become a giver, and I want to be sensitive. You might want to just find you a place here at the altar. Father, thank you for These messages, thank you for the word of God that's so crystal clear about these matters. Lord, turn us into supernatural, radical, biblical uh, people who are moving in Christian generosity throughout this county and er and this area. Lord, use us. Use us, we pray. And Father, if there's someone here who does not know Christ or someone who needs to join this church and be a part of what we're doing here, would you lay it upon their hearts, Lord? This very day, may decisions be made that bring honor and glory to heaven and make a difference in our lives and in this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you again for viewing this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can also call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life Live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.